Hello and welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to discuss a video game that is special to them from their past. Uh, On the show, you'll know that we get into not only what made playing that game special, memorable, and hopefully even fun for our guest, but also dive into a little bit of what was interesting, memorable, or special around the context of how and when they fell in love with the game for the first time. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if you're on social media, check us out. Uh, Give us a follow. Give us a like. Like our tweets. Like our posts. Um, You can find us on both Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at callmebyyourgamepod. And on Twitter, we're at uh, callmebyyourgame. But just one Y, so that's B-Y-O-U-R. And there you can see not only... Uh, what episodes are coming out, what we have, but also what we have coming up in the future. Sometimes I uh, I stream video games, and people who listen to the show like to follow that, so you can see that there. Learn a little bit about our guest. Also see the wonderful, beautiful art that I make every single week for this show. You can also support us a few different ways. Uh, you can, of course, rate it and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, hopefully... That's of the five-star variety and of a glowing review, because I'm sure you love the show. You can do that wherever you listen to your shows. Apple Podcasts is the place that I check. But if you leave a review somewhere that is not there, uh, hit me up on social media, and I'll give you a shout-out. I'll give you a shout-out if it's on Apple as well. You can, of course, share the show with a friend, whether they love the guest we have on today, the game we're discussing today, or even video games in general. And then, of course... You can check us out and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash supernpcradio, where we have a bunch of bonus content every single week from shows like this, video games, a comedy show, and even uh, reactivators and inside video games with July Diaz. Uh, Truly, there is three to four uh, exclusive uh, podcast episodes that come out a week there. So if you like us, I think you're going to like what you find there. That's it for the housekeeping for today's episode. And I'll finally introduce our wonderful guest, a guest that was foretold by the prophecy, the dear prophet, Albert Andrade. (laughs) Truly, over a year ago, when I had Albert on, or right around then, he told me, you should ask this person. I know you know this person. And dear uh, dear listener, the chance finally presented itself. So I'll I'll actually introduce the person now. Please welcome Jesus Okendo. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Connor. (laughs) You're so welcome. Uh, Oh, yes, we should be thanking Albert, of course. Um, (laughs) He, like I told you, I think both when he and I recorded his episode, which was on Super Smash Bros. Melee, which truly, like, I remember doing that last December, and I can't believe that we're on a whole new December at this point. It's insane. Yeah, congratulations. It's been going on for, what, two years now, the pod? Yes, we just hit our... uh, Two-year anniversary, I did a little uh, peek behind the curtain episode last week uh, with producer of the show, Jeremy Schmidt, and we did a uh, we released a preview of one of our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Um, I'm not sure if you're... Are you a Metroid fan at all? Do you like that series? So I didn't get into that series. We actually... I think I had the game you have back there, the GameCube one. Oh, yeah, younger, Prime. Yeah, my younger brother uh, got it for Christmas, but oh, I never nice. got into Metroid. Hey... Uh, you know what? There's too many video games out there to have played them all, but <laughs> yeah. we released a preview of the of the new Metroid uh, nice. discussion we had. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much uh, for the congratulations. We uh, but when I had Albert on, I think he said it both like before or after we recorded, and then also texted me about it. And so you're someone I've had pocketed in my mind <laughs> for a while, and just seeing you at former guest of the show uh or previous former sounds like she's not allowed back but previous yeah. <laughs> guest of the show jane kim's birthday recently um i saw you and i was like well here's my chance to to ask so thank you for being here yeah no thank you again for having me um it's funny because we've had or i at least have had random run-ins with you yes i remember the most recent one you know uh, when we were driving and I took your parking spot, you were backing out and I was like, yes. yeah, that's Connor. We just, we had a there. nice little, uh, a, a point. We pointed at each other in the CVS parking lot. Yeah. And then before that, years ago, I think maybe like a year or some change ago, I saw you running down, oh. I think it was Griffith Park and you had an Overwatch t-shirt. 
And I oh. made a point to to talk about it the next time I saw you. I'm like, hey, do you play Overwatch? Because I was big into Overwatch at that oh, time. Oh, really? And you were like, no, I just, <laughs> you know, it's just my jogging tee. Oh, I'm my gosh. Tea. And I was like, okay, well, just know that I play that, that game. Uh, That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I've had I've had a few people before. Uh, full disclosure, don't wear that shirt anymore when I run. Um, you know, it's a shirt. Who cares what you're wearing uh, for the most part? Uh, I mean, there's some shirts out there that would be pretty awful to wear. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had people uh, that I don't know also, like, not stop me, but, like, at the gym or something, comment on that shirt before. And I've also been like, oh, actually, like, I don't play the game, but I'm sure it's cool. Um, <laughs> which is one of those things, like, where – I've worn like different sports hats before. I'm a mm-hmm. I am a sports fan, but I have worn hats of teams that I don't support and people will get really excited. And I do the same thing. If I see someone in like my favorite team's hat, I will comment on it and be like, "Oh, are you a Cardinals fan?" And they're like, "No, I just like the hat." And I always realize it would be so much easier if I just lied and was like, "Oh, yeah, dude. Love <laughs> Overwatch. Uh Tracer for sure, yeah. dude." Um <laughs> Uh, this, you know what? It's probably unnecessary to get into into this, uh, but you know what? I'll I'll tell you off pod how I got that shirt. Uh, okay. It's it's really not important, uh, but it's interesting in light of in light of recent news. Uh, you know what? I'm talking about it too much. Let's just get into it. So, <laughs> um, I used to work at a restaurant uh, where it was frequented by Activision's uh, CEO who is in extreme hot water, Bobby Kotick. I don't know oh, if wow. you've been following any of this. Uh, yeah, I've seen the headlines and kind of what's been happening. Yes, like obviously over the last year, there's been a lot that's come out just about the company's history of, you know, of, you know, harassment. and Yeah, like a toxic culture, company culture, and then knowing yes. about it and not doing, not addressing it. Yeah. Bingo. And, and within the last few weeks, it's come out that not only did after – you know, the company and he denying that he knew about any of it that but that he was also involved and knew about it and per, like did some of this stuff himself. Wow. And so the reason I have this shirt is because he would come to this restaurant so much and I think they would just like give him whatever table he wanted at a drop of a hat. Like he could show up and it would be slammed and they would just that's unfortunately how a lot of the restaurant industry, I think, works. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's probably Hollywood in general, but he would always, at the end of the year, Activision would send like a few big, like, uh, holiday boxes to the restaurant of like, just, you know, uh, the games that they were releasing that year and shirts and stuff. So that's why I have that shirt is because this person would go to that, uh, to the restaurant that frequently and, uh, yeah, so there's my unfortunate tie to that <laughs> to that person. I never met him because I eventually was ho- would host at that restaurant for about a year, and I never he never came in when I worked. Um, but I wouldn't have thought anything of it at the time. So, Got it. yeah, so this is like one degree from the Activision CEO. <laughs> yeah. So uh, honestly, and I would probably, uh, you know, uh, it's not a, not the most proud thing for me, but right. it's <laughs> yeah. not anything I could control either. Um, Anyway, uh, now that we've uh, – uh, th- this is also a great timestamp on this episode uh, when all this is coming out, December of 2021. Um, you and I do know each other though through – I always like to discuss this on the show. Through the improv community, you were a showrunner on swimming lessons for for years uh, and that's how I got to know you because I was friends with uh, Jane and Jeremy and they got to know you a little bit. We've always been – uh, sort of casual friends, but how, what do you want to share with yourself about the listener? Aside from being a very funny improviser, uh, who are you and what do you want people to know about you? I'm a, I'm just a regular guy, Connor. Just, oh, shucks. <laughs> just oh, shucks. A, just a regular guy who likes games. No, um, I think this is also the part in some of the previous podcasts where it's like, oh, it's the promotion, like promote, do you know, whatever you'd like to promote. <laughs> if you so, haven't, there's never right. pressure to do so. <laughs> the only thing I could consider is my fiance and I, along with her best friend, opened up a boutique in Echo Park. So that's Amazing. kind of been our big project for the past eight months. It's uh, retail like clothing and accessories for men and women. It's pretty neat, has a great following. So, you know, go support us. 
if, if you're ever in the Echo Park area and you kind of like to support local designers and, and cool brands, that's that's the place to, to check us out. Uh, the name is Genero Neutral, which means gender neutral in, in Spanish. That's really cool. Uh, what... I've ne- I've never been there. This is amazing to hear about. We've what? had several improvisers stop by, so you're you know you gotta oh get my on gosh. it, Connor. <laughs> you know what? So the precedent has been set. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where? What sh- is this like on Sunset? It's right on this? Sunset. Yeah, it's right okay. next to the Echo. Oh my gosh! So amazing. Yeah, for the LA people and then improvisers who like to uh, attend Funky Soul, it's right next door. Gosh, uh, man, miss those Funky Soul nights. Uh, and there's also, uh, is it Triple Beam Pizza? Yeah, so we're in between Triple Beam and Super Rich. We're right next to Triple Beam. Amazing. Uh, well, congratulations on that. Thank you said you. that's been a project of yours, the three of yours over the last year, you said? Yeah, we opened in March, but obviously before that, you know, kind of like it was towards the end of 2020 where everything kind of started gaining traction. Yeah. And by March, we opened on March 13th. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's kind of what I've been focused on, helping them with a lot of the back end stuff, a lot of the not cool stuff. So like accounting and, and business and and business setup. And they get to deal with the cool stuff, which is like deal with the brands and being all the cool fashion stuff. That's wonderful. Uh, but hey, you know what? Don't sell yourself short. Accounting, <laughs> that sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. Um, well, hey, congratulations to the three of you on that. That's fantastic. I'll, sh- I'll be sure to... Uh, to prompt you to uh, to plug that at the end, and I'll also put a link to. I don't know if you have a website, or even just maybe at the very least, I'll put a link to the address in the show notes yeah. <laughs> so people can figure it out. Because I know we have a decent LA listenership here. Um, nice. But thank you so much. Um, but I do want to get into your general history with video games. But before we do, would you please tell us uh, the title of the game that you want to discuss for the main event later? So the title of the game is going to be Heroes of Might and Magic 3. And then there's a subtitle, but I can't recall right now. It's, uh, I, I have it written down here. It's The Restoration of Arathia. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds, uh, I made it sound uh, very, as, as epic as I could there. Yeah. Uh, really excited to get into that with you later. But let's go ahead and just get in your general history. Uh, Jesus, how about... Let's begin at when you maybe first took a, an interest in video games. Were they something that, you know, you remember sort of discovering and getting excited about? Or were they always around in, like, your family? So they were always around in the sense of, I don't think my parents were gamers much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was lucky enough to be kind of spoiled uh, as an only child for the first kind of for, like, four years. and The golden days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is where I, I still like I, I have pictures where there's just tons and tons of toys and I would usually I think I recall my first system was the Nintendo system the original nice. Nintendo system and there's like a picture of me on a bed playing like super excited and since then I you know video games have been around like I've just been fascinated or just yeah. it, it's been one of my biggest hobbies although you know in recent years I kind of fell off. I hadn't been playing a lot of video games. But yeah, they, they were always around in the sense that from a very young age, they were one of my gifts. And I just have been playing ever since. Nice. That's incredible. Um, what are some, for you, early games that you remember really enjoying, whether it was on the NES or, or another console? I think in Super NES at that age is when I really started to kind of gather a love for video games. I remember Donkey yeah. Kong and, and Donkey Kong Country 2, which have been reviewed on here, and I yes. tuned into those episodes. I remember it clearly because I had an aunt who would play with me. She was, you know how you could hook up two players, and then oh, somebody yeah. will be Diddy Kong, and then, uh, you know, if you die, then somebody, the, the other person becomes Dixie. Mm-hmm. And she would play with me, and I remember we would have, like, marathons, just, like, trying to finish the game, like, the second one and the third one. So it's that's the coolest aunt ever. Yeah, yeah. Shout out that to was, your aunt. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. That was pretty memorable. Um yeah, because Nintendo, again, I had it, but it, it didn't really I think Mario 2, Super Mario 2 was on the Nintendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one had a like a different design than yes. the third one, right? It was a, a bit different. You could also choose like Princess and Toad and you kinda like you could pick up the turnip from the floor or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I remember those, but those weren't as memorable. I think it was like around Super Nintendo when I was really getting into it. 
that checks out. I mean, I don't know, you know, the exact year that you were brought into this world. I'm assuming that we are of a similar age or I might be like slightly older than you, but that would check out that uh, the Super Nintendo for me, I'm born in 1990. And as much as I was an NES kid, uh, because we never had a Super Nintendo for my age range, I know most kids SNES was what really kicked it off for them because that was when you were you know, older than like four or five, yeah. you're like six yeah. or seven or so when that's like, yeah. in it's, uh, t- telling off at the end of its heyday. Yeah. And we're right there. I was born in 89. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, great. Uh, what, what month are you born in? August. August. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, I'm just, uh, putting a lot of, uh, of pin pins on this corkboard I have here, just nailing down exactly who you are. Yeah. Connecting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm going to have you figured out by the end of this yeah, pod, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Uh, okay, very cool. So you remember those. How about after? So if you you continued to play games for a while, right? Right, and then the Nintendo sixty four, which I think Super Mario or is it Mario six Super Mario sixty four? Yeah, that was. I think that solidified it for me. Yes, um, in regards to love of gaming, and the console itself. The console was so great. The I know I think the controller gets a lot of flack. I was listening to an earlier episode, and mm-hmm. you guys were kind of not giving it the the respect it should have. Uh, but yeah, I think the control the controller was great, and Super Mario 64 was super memorable. I remember always getting the Prima guides. I don't know if Prima was the actual publisher at the time, but getting the guide and trying to collect yes. all the stars. Yeah, There were always... So Prima, I remember those guides too, because there would be like the official Nintendo Power Strategy guides, and then there would be Prima, which would differ slightly, and were okay. obviously done from by a different company, um, were designed differently, but still were just as, just about as awesome as the Nintendo Power yeah. ones. Um, but that's that's really cool to hear because I think for me too, it's a very similar thing where I liked video games a lot, and then I remember seeing Super Mario sixty four at like a Toys R Us, and just my brain un- something unlocked in my brain, yeah. and yeah. I was like, yeah, this is gonna go ahead and be my whole personality. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Any other um. Were there any N64 titles that you also really enjoyed? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, a lot of the classics. I think um, I was signed up for a Game Pro, and I, I still have them at my dad's house. I have like 100 uh, copies of Game Pro. I was, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I, we don't really have time to dive into everything, but I really kind of got hooked into gaming or, or the whole culture of it. Cool. So, you know, I was signed up for, for Game Pro and kind of like always had the monthly uh, subscription and um had all the classics you know goldeneye mm. um super mario donkey kong the one with the yellow cartridge yes i'm trying to remember what else were you a smash bros 64 kid yeah i played smash yeah um what else kobe uh, i remember being back in puerto rico and we would play a lot of sports game so like nice. a lot of the baseball games and we'd use all four slots so like we'd get a group and it'd be four of us and everybody's playing whatever baseball game was out at that time and uh nba kobe courtside oh my gosh yeah. so that's always, amazing always gaming, yeah um so it sounds like this was a consistent thing for you for a long time um yeah. do you have maybe a uh like a console that sticks out to you as like your most favorite or most memorable. I know that's a tough choice. For for me, it is the N64. I don't think it's the best console, but that's, I think where my love was solidified and it has like my, I think my favorite of the like mainline Nintendo franchises games overall. Um, But I was just curious if one might stick out to you. It's that's tough because I think I'm caught right in between the 64 PlayStation 2 and Xbox nice. triangle, mm-hmm. where all of those had super memorable uh, moments for me in gaming. Uh, cool. The 64 with again all the games. I think uh, what other game did I? Oh, of course, like Zelda. Yeah. You know, all of those, and then the PlayStation 2 was just game changer. That was that changed the industry overall. And yep. Having games like Final Fantasy X and everything Ooh. that came there, Twisted Metal Black. And then you have the Xbox and you have Halo, and I got hooked on Halo. Yeah. Are you uh, – I'd love to get into some Halo stuff with you real quick since you uh, opened the door for me. Yeah. Um. Uh, are you – do you still play that franchise? Because I only played through four. I haven't played a Halo since because I've only ever had up to a 360. Um, 
where what was your what Halo games did you play and are you excited at all for the new game which the campaign drops tomorrow as we're yes, recording this. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped at three. I think by three I was already like, okay, this changed a lot than what I was used yes. to. And that was simply because in when it comes to gaming, I've always been very competitive. So like mm. I used to play Overwatch. I'm always about, yes. you know, like GoldenEye and, and Fighters, and I've just been a competitive gamer. Um in Halo and Halo 2 were kind of the pinnacle for me to the Halo nice. franchise, and especially like Halo 2 being online. Mm. Um, whereas when it got to Halo 3, there was a lot of different changes that came, like different grenades and different weapons that changed the feel. And granted, I was also like growing away from it just by, by Halo 3, I played Halo 3, but by then I knew I was in, in love with it. And that's yes. the last Halo I had played, but I am excited about the new one just because I downloaded it and I've been playing it. I think I played it last week over the weekend and I loved how familiar it felt. To oh Halo 2, gosh. like playing yeah. ranked with the BRs and like Team Slayer and Capture the Flag, it, I, I was able to feel that. So whereas with Halo 3, there was some sort of something fell off or different or mm -hmm. foreign. The new one, at least for now, the download, the multiplayer is reminiscent of Halo 2. And and that familiarity came back right away. And I was like, oh, I like this. And that's why I've enjoyed I've enjoyed playing it. That is so exciting. That's what I also continue to hear from so many people, um, which has just drummed up so much just uh, like a fire in me for this. Um, can I ask what you're playing this on? Uh, the Xbox One X. Nice. Not Very the cool. latest one, not the Series X, but like the, yeah, the one right before that. That's great. Um, I... Uh, this will be really exciting news for the listener and I'll, I'll tell it to you for now. I've been looking for a series X for uh, a couple months now and they are just absolutely impossible to find. I've been wanting to get one for just specifically halo infinite when it comes out. Um, cause I don't have a gaming PC. I, I have a Mac, uh, and, uh, finally, because we were two days away from it, I was having truly zero luck. I did search and I decided, you know, I would be okay with the Series X. I think that would be a Series S, excuse me. That would be just fine for me. And I did purchase one online yesterday. And it's supposed to arrive between today and Thursday uh, from – and I got it for like the normal price. I didn't have to like pay a scalper or right. go on eBay. Um Truly just for Halo. I mean, I'm, I plan yeah. to play other stuff too. Like I'd love to get into Psychonauts 2 and and uh, give Forza a try and some other stuff. But uh, yeah, so. Not, I hope not, it gets I always, you today then or, or tomorrow dude, so you could like log in right away when the campaign drops. I'm hoping the exact same thing. Uh, and we do these um, for... I was telling you about the new Metroid discussion we did earlier. Those are mm -hmm. called our uh, our co-op episodes. They're like mm -hmm. a group version of this that are part of our our like mid Patreon tier. It's one of the big ticket items. And I, if I can play that game and have a couple people who also do the same, then I think we're gonna do uh, a co-op probably in January for it. I don't think we're gonna have time to do it by December, but. Okay. Um, this is how I make the your your section about me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have two more questions for you sure. um, about your history with games. Um, do you have like a couple – I know this game is special to you that we're going to discuss today. Um, but not for, for people who come on the show. I know it's not always necessarily their favorite game of all time. It, it maybe fits a specific moment. Do you have like a couple games that stick out as like your – maybe a couple of your tops ever? Yeah, for sure. And and I'll be honest, a lot of great games that I'm going to mention were already covered on the podcast. Yeah, it's so tough. Like, oh, man, it's, you know, it's like, how could that, you know? Uh, but yeah, you know, Final Fantasy X is, nice. is a classic for me. I I had Final Fantasy IX first and I finished it. I don't know if, uh, I'll, I'll say this, I never learned how to summon in Final Fantasy IX. And you beat the whole game. And I beat the game, but I never <laughs> learned how to summon. It was something about like equipping a garnet and this and that. And I just, yeah. I couldn't figure it out at that time. Um, and then by Final Fantasy X, but I, I loved Final Fantasy IX and then Final yeah. Fantasy X just expanded on that. Metal Gear Solid. I remember Ooh. Metal Gear Solid was also discussed and somebody even mentioned the exact, I think it was in a familiar fashion on how I came across Metal Gear Solid, which was the demo 
on yes. a PlayStation disc. Those Mikey so Stevens. You, yeah. So if you remember, PlayStation would have, or it was either the magazines or like PlayStation. They'd mm-hmm. send out the, the uh, CDs that had tra- trailers. Funny to think about that now. They'd literally just send like, here's trailers for the games, yes. you know, like <laughs> put that in your PlayStation and just watch trailers. But they would have demos in some of them. And I remember being at my uh, cousin's house and they had a PlayStation. We had a PlayStation as well, but she's the one that had that disc and playing, you know, started playing Metal Gear Solid and instantly just fell in love with it. I kid you not. And I think they might've mentioned the same thing, but I just would replay the demo. Amazing. It, it, it ends at the part where you reach like the cell where the, the guy's being held and he has a, a heart attack. Um, but the I would Dar- just is keep... it the DARPA chief? Yeah. The DARPA chief. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I would replay that, knowing exactly, just kind of getting better and better each time because I it was so good. And I always remember how you would it, – it had almost a mid-credit opening or yes. like a cold open, mm-hmm. right? Because when you get in the elevator is when he starts uh, like removing extra gear or adding yes. stuff. And then that's when it's like a cinematic and it's like Metal Gear. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I fell in love with Metal Gear and then Metal Gear Solid 2 when that came out. That was also one of my favorites. Um Gears of War, simply Ooh. because not necessarily the story, even though it was great, like that had a lot of mm-hmm. uh, marketing and then Cliffy B and he was like one of the first few game developers that was kind of in the spotlight. Yes. So that kind of ushered in a new, you know, like um, era. Like celebrity for, game Yeah, like celebrity yeah. game developers or game designers. But what I really fell in love with Gears of War was the multiplayer. I started playing it competitively. Oh. Uh-huh. Um Nice. So we're at, yeah, and I, I got sucked into that for about like a year and a half, two years. Um, and then Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Ooh. Oblivion was a really good one on, on PC. It's one of my, it's funny because when I was kind of thinking back about my gaming history, yeah, there was also a lot of PC involvement mm-hmm. of PC games and a lot of my favorites came from PC, but I've never been a PC gamer. And I think it's always because I had the crutch of, console like i always was able to fall back on i had the playstation 2 and i had the xbox and we had the gamecube so it never felt that i needed to be on the pc but a lot Mm -hmm. of my favorite games were on there like oblivion um never winter nights interesting yeah and uh shoot even i think like one of the first pc games was roller coaster tycoon which is a classic (laughs) and i remember getting hooked on that one yeah Ooh. Uh, uh, well, Pac, I've got a, a little preview for you. Uh, part of the tri- the fact me by your game section later. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon is going to be mentioned just as nice. a little little okay. uh, taster <laughs> for you. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so th- those are some of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there's more, but those kind of like hold a, a special time. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Last question for you, uh, and thank you for that rundown. That's always really fun. It's also so hard. I mean, I feel like we have a, a similar uh, gaming history in the sense that, like, we've played so much through so many years that it's so hard to pick. Like, you could erase half of my gaming history, and I would still have a hard time picking from the other half. Uh, but what I do want to hear from you is I know you said you haven't been playing as many games or uh, the last handful of years, but has there been a game, and maybe you've already mentioned it, that are a game or two that you have really enjoyed or that have had an impact on you okay that's perfect because i wanted to interrupt you and be like wait there's one more and that's, oh good well this it adds up because it was breath of the wild oh yeah i got my switch about two years ago um got breath of the wild of course and i did not expect to love it as much as i did mm-hmm. and it's just such a perfect game um that is amazing that's incredible game, so, yeah so breath of the wild i think was the last one and i completed that um yeah that's amazing that so many i mean i i was there for that game day one i was excited for it before it came out i like ate it up like everybody else has but it has been so cool to see how every year and i know this is a couple years ago for you but every year people who from all sorts of gaming backgrounds whether it's like you and i who have very extensive ones uh or people who have played just a few games, can fall in love with that game. It is just such a masterpiece, and it really feels like one of those that is uh, going to hold up for years as just yeah. like 
one of the most special titles that ever came, which is crazy coming from a franchise that has consistently been like that, even though, you know, it. Uh, trust me, I, I did a whole games club on Zelda this year. I know this series very well, uh, although it became a little stale at a certain point. Um, it's still been amazing. So that's so cool to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, gosh, uh, very cool. And then, yeah. And then Overwatch, which is a love yes. relationship. Yeah, because of the competitive aspect. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that that's one that like I love the idea of and always have, but I've never been able to uh, get myself to commit to the what it would take to actually be competitive and enjoy that. I've been like, you know what? I'll just let everybody else have that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, very cool, Jesus. Uh, thank you so much for sharing about your history with games in general. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about anything you'd like to with your experience of uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, and again, that subtitle, The Restoration of Arathia. Uh, So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here today to discuss Heroes of Might and Magic 3 with Jesus Okendo. Jesus, welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We just had an incredible break, but now we're coming back to finally get into the main event. So like I told you before we started recording, I'm going to uh, share a little bit of history and context about this game, um, which is a very new one for me. So truly, if you'd like to interject or like help me fill out the what this game is in its place uh, for just just the history, not necessarily yourself. Um, please do, because um, I'd I love think to we're, know. Yeah, no, I think we're both gonna learn new things. <laughs> okay, very cool. So here we go. Heroes of Might and Magic Three: The Restoration of Arathia is a turn-based strategy game developed by John Van Canningham through New World Computing, originally released for Microsoft Windows by the 3DO company in 1999. Uh, Ports to several systems, like Macintosh, came in 1999 through 2000, and it was released to critical acclaim by fans and was praised by critics. I was taking a look at the, um, the, like, scores for this game, and they are extremely high. Like, they're all, like, Four and a half out of five, 9.1 out of 10, really high. Not that that ever matters for the games we bring on because it just really just matters what it means to the person, but ah, it's always nice to see your friend get one. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, The game also received several expansion packs too, I believe. Um, There were also a series of short introductory games based on the Heroes 3 engine that came out and a special version of Heroes 3 titled Heroes 3 Complete, which included the original game and both expansions, was released in 2000. Uh, On December 10th, 2014, Ubisoft uh, announced an HD version of the game. The new version featured uh, updated graphics as well as widescreen compatibility and was released in 2015 for Windows, iOS, and Android. However, the expansions have not been re-released because their source code was lost, unfortunately. Wow. that's what I have prepared for the history and context. But as far as the game itself, I know I said it's a turn-based strategy game. I got to watch a few videos on it. How would you just describe actually what you're doing in the game and what and maybe what's going on there? Sure. So, and I'll also add that I I fell in love with this game simply because a good friend of mine. It, it was more of a multiplayer thing, right? Um, yes. So I was I was playing with with a good friend his name's dan he's the one that kind of like introduced me i think to this game but for the most part in this game i I love it because it had so many different layers right Mm. um you're you're an explorer or you you choose a faction there's Mm. the rampart there's the undead so like rampart will have your traditional fantasy characters which are like dwarves elven archers you you could choose castle, which will be your traditionally more like human race. Okay. I, I guess would say like crossbow, like um your knight style. Your dudes. knights, <laughs> correct. Your knights. Uh then you'd have 
the underworld, then you'd have like your undead. You'd have dungeon, which would have like Medusas. Ooh. I think one of the uh, troglodytes, one of the things that drew me to this game is that at that time, you know, I was like 10 years old and I, I don't know. I had a fantasy, the fantasy genre just yeah. kind of like clicked for me. Nice. I would, and I, I think it was either, yeah, I, I believe I, I purchased a Dungeons and Dragons player's handbook and, and I think it was the visuals, just like visually fantasy has always resonated with me. I yeah. think it's, it's it's super dope art style and the creativity behind it. And thankfully, my best friend growing up back in uh, in Orlando at that age, his name was Dan, Dan Peck. And he was a portal or an intro- introduction to a lot of that because he would, you know, they would introduce me to like Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. Warhammer, uh, a lot of fantasy stuff, Diablo, where, you know, a kid from Puerto Rico moving into to Florida like we didn't, I didn't have a lot of exposure to that. Yeah. So again, I don't know, something with fantasy just clicked. So the, the cool thing about the game is that you get to to participate or like choose to play as any of these factions. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, they'll be like mythological. So uh, again, I believe Dungeon had like Medusas and and different characters. Then you had like goblins, which would have like the goblins, the ogres, things like that. And I believe there's about eight or nine houses. And I would always love playing as either the undead with the skeletons uh-huh. and the necromancers or the rampart, which was a centaurs, Ooh. dwarves, elves. But you you choose a faction and you it's, it's difficult to explain because the strategy. And again, one of the reasons I loved it is because it had so many aspects. But you your traveler would your hero would travel throughout the map mm-hmm. and you had X amount of, of spaces you could travel and you'd collect resources and yes. these resources were or sulfur gold wood and in turn those resources were used to create either new troops new uh new character or like you know new new armies or help improve your 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 base yes which is one of the things i liked and, and going back to how multifaceted it was because also part of enjoying the game is that you would be in your base and it, it's kind of like the home base the home screen you could go there and you'd improve your your structures so mm-hmm. you create like a tavern and then that way you could get x you know this bonus or you create a watchtower and that means you could now create this type of army unit maybe like a, a an archer and you would see that improve in real time so as the game at the be- very beginning of the game the background of your base was very basic you know yeah. maybe you had like two or three buildings but as you improved it you you know by the end of the game your base like you'd go to your base and the home screen and it looks amazing it's like you have all all the structures all the buildings it's all fleshed out it has a lot of animation it's like a fully realized civilization (laughs) exactly so that was like really cool just being able to see it upgrade in real time uh so that was one portion of it and you'd go and collect resources you'd fight armies then you would have you could have up to like eight heroes or maybe six heroes at once Mm. and throughout your turn you know you're you're moving those heroes around and they're either going and you're collecting resources uh you're fighting uh, different monsters that are already on the field or I think the ultimate goal was to destroy the other characters or like gotcha. the other heroes so the other civilizations so you would go and then try to you know wage war and and all that I think another really cool aspect of the game is the map itself it was very uh vibrant yeah so you never uh, everything was on the map so you knew where the mines were you know where the resources were you know where the the monsters were at and again you choose where ultimately you wanted to go and you only had x amount of steps per hero so that was really cool like how vibrant the map was and how yeah. everything was already laid out so you could and back to the strategy part of it is you decided how you wanted to to continue right do you go up and explore and there's like fog of war so you don't really know what's immediately around you until you move through like towards that area i was seeing that just watching some videos from it and it i don't i've never played this game i've maybe played a similar game one time but for some reason seeing the hero character move through the map and like the fog move away and like you start to see things that come into view was really cool and i i don't know if that was a choice made by the developers uh, like an artistic choice or if it was like hey we can only show so much of this at once that, that actually doesn't make sense because eventually when you clear it you can see all of it what for whatever reason it was it hit a nostalgia bone i didn't know i had 
And I nice. thought it was really, it was, it was a fun way to reveal that area. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think it's necessary because you ultimately start in the same map with mm-hmm. the other civilizations. So you don't want to know where they're at. It's kind of like Civ. Yes. You've played Civ before, but it added a more, it's similar to, it, it's turn-based. Yeah, you, you'd walk, you'd kind of scout the area, you fight. I definitely was not taking advantage of the full or understanding the how robust the game was at that mm-hmm. age at 10. Because another thing you could do is like you put items on your heroes and they each had like different skill sets like diplomacy or strength. And at that age, I, I you know, I wasn't really understanding any of that. I was just sure. building my armies, building a dope ass base uh-huh. <laughs> and then going out and like, you know, slaying the dragons or trying to get they'd have uh, special uh, obviously like points of interest on the map mm-hmm. and they either had like special items um and you'd go uh, over there and kind of get that item whether it's like some special sword or special helmet or spells uh there was a lot i think that's why i liked it so much because there was so much you could do again and that's cool. once you end your turn then the next player goes so typically it would be me and dan and we you know you're not on a team you're different factions cool but i'd go i'd sit I'd go through my whole turn, you know, explore, do uh-huh. what I have to do, raise my armies, and then end turn, and it's his. And he would then sit down, do his turn. Then the computer would go, and the, the computer generates it pretty quickly. So it's like, you know, this person, the next four, oh, and then nice. it's back to my turn. And we would just alternate between turn. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm getting a really good understanding, having piecing together like some video I watched and actually hearing from someone who played the game what it felt like. The only question I have... Um, which I don't don't normally like this much clarification on, but I think I saw something like this. When you get in the battles, is it, it you're not on the are you not on the main map anymore? You're certainly like in almost like a JRPG, but with <laughs> yeah. spaces map. Yeah, like and it yeah. has a uh, it some chess similarities to a degree. Okay, yes. Spaces, and again, it just goes back to one the this being 20 years ago so i'm trying to my best to remember right yeah. i did some research i was trying to like okay let me watch some videos and two just how much the game had to offer yes. right so you know we talked about like the home base and you can improve it through like different structures then you could build armies and you're walking around um then you would get into battle and it would be a different screen and it's it, similar to chess not really in the sense of you know movement but the way how there was a grid Mm-hmm. And your army starts on the left, lined up, and then the opponent opponent's army uh, is on the right. And depending on your character or army type, you know, it depends on their movement, how far they can move up. But yeah, you would then just kind of like go and try to attack the enemy, depending on movement, uh, you know, shoot arrows, whatever the case may be. But yes, the, the battle was in a different screen. And your little hero would be at the top left on his horse. Yes. So he doesn't really do much. He's just there for visuals. <laughs> But the reason he's there is because technically they could uh, cast spells. Oh, so, interesting. Again, yeah, going back to how much the game had to offer, and I definitely Dang. wasn't taking advantage of it. Yeah. Um, you could cast spells where it could be like a fireball or thunderbolt, and that would be part of your turn. Okay. So, yeah, you would move everyone who would have to move. Then the the enemy would move, or if they could reach you right away, then they'd reach you, and then you'd attack, you could defend. Uh, morale, there would be like morale boosts if you killed an enemy. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot happening. But again, at that time, at 10 years old, I was just... Only like scratching and, the surface, sort of? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Just scratching the surface, just understanding how to play the game, at least, like knowing the mechanics and yeah. getting to win. But it definitely, going back and thinking about it, there is a lot There is a lot of strategy involved. That's wonderful. Okay, yeah. great. I feel like you've given me just... you. It's been so helpful to hear from you on the different aspects of this game. And I'm sure we are only scratching a little bit of the surface yeah. but that's fine because um we only have so much time but i i love that so um you sort of to, to sort of transition from the history and context to your experience which we we were already sort of doing you said you got introduced to this game was it this game specifically from your friend dan or was it just was, the genre of like fantasy this game specifically but i remember that i I either purchased it first because I remember having the complete. So I remember it was a complete edition. Nice. Probably the one that came out in 2000 then. And having the box at home. But we mm. would always play at his house. Yes. For the most part. Um, you had the big like the old PC box. Yeah. That was ga- oh yeah. my gosh. Why were those? I don't know what it was. I don't know how you feel, but 
that felt like you were really getting a big old game when all that was in there was just like the disc and the manual. But like yeah. for some reason, well, big think, box PC stuff was cool. I didn't get the big, big box. Yeah. I think it was like the smaller, but it was still oh, the, gotcha. the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, through I, I remember we played it there. We might have I might have even just sent it over there and installed it. Gotcha. Kind of just like because my house was the console house and we'd play consoles at my house. Cool. So it would be, you know, the neighborhood we played there. GoldenEye and Halo. But Dan, me and Dan would be over there as, you know, he was my best friend. We'd be at his house and then we'd do a lot of like the computer games. Cool. And that was like where Heroes comes in. So I, okay. I, I'm trying to recall really who introduced who to the game. Yeah. But I know it's definitely that's where we play the most. Well, you know, as they say, uh, the the victors write history. Yeah. So <laughs> since you're here and Dan's yeah, I'm here. <laughs> we'll just so, claim that you did. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. Do, do you remember at all if this is something that like you had seen somewhere and were like this looks cool or if you heard about it or did you just get it as a gift mm, i think i probably saw it at you know whether it's any of the big box stores that would yeah. have their computer games out and again just being somebody who was drawn into the fantasy and, and medieval type mm -hmm. kind of genre and, and pictures and images the box is like this night kind of going into the, the field of war uh -huh. and I was immediately drawn to that. I was like, Oh, I need that. So I didn't even uh -huh. know what I was getting into. I just, I was like, yeah, this is super cool. Purchased it. And then the rest is history. This will be a part of my life. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no matter what. That's awesome. So, uh, you told, you were already saying you basically just played this game at Dan's house. Um, I knew there was a little bit of a multiplayer aspect to it, but would would this be something that you would is this a sort of game that you play like in your sitting you see what you can get to or you're able to like save your progress and you two can come back together and then keep playing how does that how did that work i believe that happened i you could save progress and then yeah. come back to a game so okay. i think there were several times where we'd have marathons and it's like okay dude i gotta go home and yeah. you know we're like on turn 80 <laughs> or something and kind of like mid to late game but I, you know, I needed to go back home and just save that and finish there. So yeah, that was kind of one of the cool aspects. That's awesome. Uh, we would also, also, I think it wasn't limited to, because when you choose the factions and that choosing screen, you get to choose whether they're CPU, like AI or mm. a person. And we get three or four people kind of just alternating in the, on the computer chair at once, like his older brother. So I think oh. three. I don't think we ever did four, but like if his older brother wanted to play, then it's like three of us kind of just alternating on the computer chair and going through our turns. That's really fun. The the idea of people sitting around for some reason, just like a computer and all playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like such a like a, a concept of the past now where I only imagine that with with consoles because I don't know if it's just because like, oh, you've got one mouse and keyboard or what it is, but that does bring back a very specific feeling that's awesome yeah um so uh you you got into a little bit about some of the things that you were really into about the game especially as a kid um a lot of like the bases and and stuff like that are there any is there anything that you remember really enjoying or like something that was the most fun about playing the game I think it's everything because again, yeah. there's so much. There's so much that I'm missing, but now remembering now, the game would also have like little uh, descriptions or texts. Mm. Um, every time you would find an item, or every time there was a new day, yeah. they were pretty creative and and just kind of added to the whole atmosphere and ambiance of the game. Yeah. So everything about the game, it was like really well developed. Uh, you would also get report uh, like a similar to a report card after you would win a battle. Okay. So it would show how many enemies you lost or how many of the enemies, you know, how many you defeated, how many of your troops lost. And it would have kind of like a little quote or an inscription. So it just, it was so robust and again, had so much yeah. um, that it was all just kind of fascinating. I, I think really going back so if i was really drawn to a lot of the visuals mm -hmm. it was the fact that i open up the you start the game and the map is just filled with colors like yeah. a vibrant green and then you know there's so many like the gems and the ores and they weren't they were they weren't spread out kind of far they you could tell the map was just it it, it had a lot of generous resources available yes. and a lot of you know it, it's not where you're like oh you're walking for 
or you're taking several turns to get to something important, immediately you open up the map and just like resources and, and points of interest and within walking distance are like right there. So again, huh. it just it's very visually pleasing. It's just very right in your face right away. And it was oh yeah, I need to get I need to get to this or look at this mine and or this point of interest. This looks cool. This warp and you know go there. That's awesome. I I would imagine and that playing a turn based game, especially playing with you know a friend, maybe even two in the computer, it's nice to have it be engaging and to feel like every turn matters and that you're accomplishing something as opposed mm-hmm. to you know, doing a whole turn where you're like, well, I sort of just walked over here and I didn't reach anything. I'm excited for my next one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I bet that also was like a really, gr- that seems like a really great choice from the developer standpoint, from my perspective, uh, to engage the player. That's, yeah. that is so cool. And you were sharing a lot about like how there's so much like description and mm-hmm. optional stuff for you to read. And you also were sharing on how you were like, oh, yeah, I I didn't really get into all of the elements as deep as I could. That's a f- thing I do appreciate about games when, you know, when it fits for the format is that it is as deep as you'd like it to be. Like yeah. you were able to as like a 10 year old kid seemingly to enjoy it so much to 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 a high degree. And you didn't even have to engage with all of the little aspects. but. Yeah. If you could, you wanted to or someone else did, they absolutely could have. Yeah. Uh, I think another element was your heroes. So the guys who you could actually travel yeah. around with, you could exchange armies if they were kind of, you would get them close to each other oh. and then you trade items. That's how you trade items. You know, like, oh, here, have this item or, oh, I'm going to go, uh, I need this. It, it's also part that was as far as, kind of next level strategy as I think I got mm-hmm. at that age was realizing that if you have a hero who moves a lot farther, right, has more steps and you need to get somewhere that you could, and but it's going to be a fight and you have a hero closer to him, maybe transfer the army to him and then yes. have him because he could get there in less turns than the other person. So little things like that, I was at least able to pick up. But yeah, you could, that was also cool. Just kind of like, okay, my two heroes are near each other. This person, I need to give this person more of this yeah. army unit and you could just trade armies trade um items all of that so again That's... it was robust it was it's almost like if if you played civ now trying to give an eight-year-old civ uh, you know they yeah. could get through it but there's so much you could do with tile work or mm-hmm. you know the cities and and it's that's that was that my experience at that time just like i didn't realize how in depth you could really make the have the game be with being a strategy game but it was still kind of playable and very fun. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just building my army and going to attack. And that's all a kid wants at 10 years old, right? See, like a black yeah. <laughs> dragon versus a red dragon taking over the castle, things like that. That was cool. Yeah, let's get to that point of the game. Let's really get it exciting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gosh, that's awesome. Uh, I I was curious about how the, uh, you know, having, you know, since you have different armies and heroes running around the map, like, I was just wondering, like, oh, are they all the same army? It just depends on who's interacting with what, but you cleared that up for me. So thank you. Um, yeah. I uh, I do want to hear a little more about, um, you know, you playing at Dan's house, if you remember. I know this is 20 years ago. It might be hard to peer back, but is there anything you remember about uh, playing with your friend Dan or his brother or, like, even what, like, their house was like? Like, uh, anything like that that stands out to you? He had the PC that could play the games, right? Mines could only run Roller Coaster Tycoon. Uh, <laughs> yes, they were big on Diablo too, so they played okay. a lot of Diablo, and that's kind of that was a little bit of my introduction to Diablo. Um, you'd walk in, and kind of like to the right, it was a dining uh, room, and then mm-hmm. immediately to the left was like the computer room. Yeah, uh, yeah, and introduced me to a lot of that type of genre, uh, Warhammer. Dungeons and Dragons, kind of again, a lot of that fantasy stuff. Yes, um, but yeah, we would play Heroes of Might and Magic. I'm trying to recall what what else. I I remember it was pretty cool. His older brother playing Blade Runner on the PC. Oh wow! And I remember thinking it was so cool how it was. It it looked like it was an inter- interactive game where you had to click where the clue was at, like, and he clicked like a piece of paper and it opened up and it was like, hey, and then it does like a dialogue about yes. the movie or something. Um, and that was neat and just kind of being fascinated with all of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not specific to to this 
game in particular, although I would love to hear about it if something comes to mind. Do you have any specific or general memories of being over there and like what it was like the fun you guys would have with each other? Yeah, uh, again, it was just a lot of gaming. I think we played a lot of Legend of Mana uh, or Mana on yeah. PlayStation because that was a co-op two-player. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, so it was it was just like a lot of gaming. Whatever we weren't doing, if we weren't gaming at my house, we were gaming over there. That's cool. And this was like uh, elementary school, right? Um, From what you can remember. Like early middle school. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Nice, dude. Uh, I feel like I've gotten a really nice picture painted for me. Um, I've gotten to hear a lot of great stuff from you too, but I did want to sort of uh, leave uh, an opportunity for you to either sort of, if you also if there's stuff you haven't got to talk about this game, feel free to just like start talking about it. But if you feel like you've gotten to share what you remember and enjoyed, I'd love to hear you just like what this game meant to you or maybe like what where it stood for you at the time. Yeah, I think I chose this game, and as the listener could clearly tell, he's like, oh, he can't really explain this too well, or he can't, he doesn't remember anything. Um, you remember it pretty well, dude, yeah. from being 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to have to look this up myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, I, I I chose this game just because I remember it clearly being something that I, again, was an early introduction aside from Dungeons & Dragons, right, where it put that fantasy genre on a screen, interactive, right? Mm -hmm. In an interactive plane where like I was actually building and carrying armies. Whereas when I was just looking at the books and being fascinated by the books, I'm just looking at the pictures. Like, oh yeah. man, that's a super cool picture of like a warrior, like a druid and whatnot. This game allowed you to do that. So now I was actually building the armies and and that was great. Um, yeah. Doing the exploration. So that's kind of what one of the main things that that one of the main reasons I'm drawn to it. Additionally, it was just at a time where we didn't really have much, much worries, right? You yeah. just, it was at a really, it was peak childhood. It was, you know, even yes. if you got out at of your school, there was still plenty of day left. You know, totally. nowadays it's like, oh, I only got X amount of hours or whatnot. Back then, you you know, you just had the whole day and the whole night, you know, if your yes. parents were lenient enough, which mines were cool enough to do that. And yeah, it was just like, okay, we, do an hours of marathon on this game only to jump on a different game or mm -hmm. do other stuff. So it's just a, a, a great moment in, in time in regards to like having very little worry and just getting, being able to enjoy everything that you're fascinated by or enjoy, which is gaming and, and on top to do it with like a very good friend, you yeah. know, best friend. And it was cool. That's awesome. Well, uh, Jesus, thank you for wrapping that up for us. I really appreciate it. That was Awesome to hear from you. Um, but thankfully, the show is not quite done yet. I do have a couple <laughs> of uh, – there are patented two post-show segments. And by patented, I mean they're not at all. I just – this is just what we do every episode. Um, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment, which I told you a little bit about earlier, where on each episode I share uh, uh, facts, trivia, could be a secret or development history with – my guest on the game that they are talking about today, Heroes of Might and Magic 3. So I have two for you today. Um, the first fact I have titled Source Code Redemption. Now, you might remember me saying earlier that uh, the source code for the expansion packs was lost. Right. And so they were unable to actually put that in the 2015 re-release. However, I did leave out an important uh, an addendum to that because I wanted to share it here. In 2017... Source code for the full version of the game was actually found when one of the contractors responsible for porting the game to Mac way back in 99-2000 found the source code, tools, and assets on a hard drive. And so they uploaded and gave that to Ubisoft. Nice. So yeah. it was able to be uh, playable again one day. Uh, I guess you never know what you're going to find on an old drive. Yeah, did uh, he get a reward or something? <laughs> what yeah, was the compensation? I they said thanks and like sent him on his way. Right, yeah. <laughs> Fits uh, knowing a company like that. It's hard they to give say. him an Overwatch t-shirt. Yeah, they're yeah. like, hey, <laughs> so we know you like this game from Activision. Um, yeah, uh, the the second fact I have for you, I have titled Always the Bridesmaid. Uh, 
1999, after the game's initial release, Heroes of Might and Magic 3 was nominated and became a finalist for Computer Games Strategy Plus's 1999 Strategy Game of the Year prize. Although, it lost to a game I told you I would bring up again today, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Wow. Um, I'm obviously, not mad. Completely different game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One you also played. Uh, The editors wrote that uh, about the game. This has nothing to do with losing, but they wrote that Might and Magic 3 keeps the series running on all cylinders. There's nothing nothing drastically different here. What would you change? I guess that's asking the reader of that magazine. Um, I don't know what you'd change, but turns out this game was awesome. Uh, Yeah. That'll do it for the Fact Me Buy Your Game segment, and I'll lead us into the game recommendations, of course, where I uh, take the game that you've chosen to discuss for the main event, and I treat it as your passionate summer love, and I try to find a new uh, game for you to get involved with after that. Um, Sometimes it's a game that's very similar, sometimes it's something wildly different, and other times uh, something completely out of left field. So... The first game that I have is if you'd like a strategy game but want to focus on more cute animals and that's really all you care about, I'll go ahead and recommend Zoo Tycoon to you of bringing up another tycoon strategy game. (laughs) Um, If you want a slightly more uh, advanced advanced in the sense that came out later strategy game for PC, I'll recommend one uh, that we actually discussed with our both of our mutual friend Jane Kim, Age of Empires 2. Um, and lastly, is if you want a game with heroes and strategy, but no magic, I'll go ahead and recommend the controversial Pokemon Unite, which is a free-to-play game that's available now uh, that some people really like, and it makes a lot of people on the internet mad. Um, Why? I think it has to do with, I think there are, now I feel like I'm talking out of turn because I didn't... Uh, look it up and it's been months since i read about it i want to say there are some like microtransaction-y predatory mm, practices in this it. game yeah um but that it is a fun like the game itself is a fun like team-based uh sort of strategy pokemon action game which a okay. uh, friend of the show um you might know jake sprague uh okay. has uh streams that a lot and has built like an enormous follower he's like a pokemon unite streamer now nice Uh, yeah (laughs) um anyway that'll do it for the game recommendations and jesus that will bring us to the end of the show so before we wrap up and plug everything i just wanted to say after you know the prophecy was foretold thank you so much for doing this this was really nice to get to you know hang out and chat with you for a little bit likewise yeah thanks for having me um Definitely felt all over the place. I apologize about oh, that. But uh, no we apologies some, we necessary. Covered some good, we covered some good ground. You were as as quality of a guest as I could have hoped for. <laughs> Truly, like you would you probably won't be surprised that a lot of people feel like that, especially people who don't maybe podcast as unfortunately regularly as I do, um, and make it too much of their takes up too much of their time. But you're not alone, but dude, you were wonderful and it was so good to hear from you and, you know, learn a lot more about you as someone I've known uh, just casually over the years. Um, uh, So thanks again for doing this. I can't wait till we get to uh, exchange a point at each other from the car in the parking lot (laughs) soon. But um, I know you plugged your store earlier. Do you want to plug that again just to get that back in the listener's head? Cool. Yeah, it's in Echo Park. It's Genero Neutral and... You know, we're there Tuesday and Sunday, Tuesday through Sundays, 12 to 7. Come check us out. Amazing. Uh, well, very cool. Uh, thanks again for being here. I'll go ahead and close us out with some plugs of my own. The cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J, who you can find on Instagram. Uh, who, he does amazing work. Uh, truly sent us this art over a year ago, unsolicited, so kind, made what I, a little terrible drawing I did. There was our logo, and now we have this can find him at, at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. Uh, again, consider supporting us on Patreon. If you like the show, if you enjoy me, you're going to find a lot more of me and my discussions on video games over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. I was talking to Jesus about the uh, co-op episodes that we have. Those are available at our most popular $10 DJ Toad tier, along with a bunch of other stuff, including our entire Zelda Games Club collection is on there where we discuss all the mainline Zelda series. Uh, The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him uh, 
on his show, Video Games and Comedy Show. Um, and then I am on social media, Connor underscore McCabe. And I've fallen off the last couple weeks, but I plan to get back to streaming video games on Twitch, which you can find me at twitch.tv slash cons with a Z, C-U-N-Z, is cool 69. That'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one. Thank you.